0: Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablens is holding on. Cut glory for Kablens. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green light on podcast. I'll be honest, straight off the top, I'm not feeling too well. A little bit of the man flu kicking in through the early part of the week, but the good news is I should be cherry ripe for the weekend, of course. Friday night racing at the Meadows. Backing up into Saturday for one of the greatest nights of Greyhound Racing of the year, the Melbourne Cup heats and the Bold Trees heats at Sandown Park. We're recording this early Wednesday afternoon. The draws will be out very, very soon for Sandown Park on Saturday. But first things first, let's talk all things MGRA, at the meadows in Melbourne town and the man to do that with, as always, is my good mate, uh, Schmiffy, Schmiff Doggy Dog, Schmiff Schmiff. How are you, mate? (laughs)
1: Oh, that 's a crook entrance. <laughs> i don 't know what that was <laughs> i don't know i don 't know what that was, but I like it uh, hopefully we don 't lose too many listeners as soon as they hear that but uh, we 'll we'll have plenty of fun it is another tough card of on this meadows Friday night. I keep going to say Saturday night, but it is Friday night, but we 're racing down here at the meadows
0: this week. I will forgive you for saying Saturday night because uh, I think it 's about fifty three weeks of the year they race Saturday and the rest, uh, we're going to Friday night now, which I love, uh, you know I'm a big fan of that, but uh, is the reason for the tough racing, do you think, what is the reason, Smithy, is it the fact the good dogs are racing at Sandown and therefore there's probably less star greyhounds to pick out and then more, I guess, country greyhounds potentially trying to pinch those city races and therefore the fields are a little bit more even?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of trainers uh, would potentially look at the Melbourne Cup preludes being on on Saturday at uh, the heat. Sorry, in the preludes last week, um, being on on Saturday night, and say oh, we might be able to pinch a city race. As you know, the city race prize money is very good, and uh, if you can pinch one, it certainly sets you up on your way to uh, to making a bit of money on on the greyhound and and covering some costs. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think they can just try and pinch a city race at this this time of year and have a bit of a crack at it. So you just get. M- just different form lines coming in You've got greyhounds that have probably been racing In harder races or over shorter journeys That all combine and it's just a lot of mixed Form lines that makes it a little bit tougher to do the form
0: And I think a lot of trainers, participants Owners, they just want to win a city race So there's a, there's a slight chance The racing might be even just a shade easier I think a lot of trainers are targeting And, and maybe that's the reason for such the even amount Of depth. Yeah, exactly right
1: It's uh, They're always going to be chasing city races
0: It's what everyone in the sport wants to win You
1: obviously want to win a Group 1 or a Phoenix But uh, the the city races are, are the ones that you think are probably a little bit closer to, to most people's reach and, and they definitely try and get them.
0: And just before we uh, we chat uh, about the run of the week, uh, the Phoenix, you mentioned just a moment ago, that's the, the next shining light over for the MGRA in uh, December, December 17. It's going to be huge because I was at the Top Gun night uh, as we've already spoke about on this podcast, the noise, the excitement, the build-up, the atmosphere was enormous. So I think it's only going to be bigger and better for the Phoenix. If you haven't got your tickets yet, make sure you book them because it will be a, a packed house at the Meadows on December 17. But starting to, uh, to form now the Phoenix, isn't it? Uh, we've seen She's a Pearl, plaintiff, uh, a couple of key players elected, already locked in for the Phoenix. And we're starting to get a little bit of a gauge as to what that race is going to look like in December.
1: Yeah, it's starting to form shape, which is good. We're just over a month away from the Phoenix. Obviously, there's plenty of racing. We've got the Melbourne Cup and then the Silver Chief as well. To uh, d- decide the final few spots, I guess, but um, yeah, there's still still a little way to go. But we're we're very very excited. And as he said, there's tickets uh, are pretty essential, as we've we've already sold more tickets than we had people at the Top Gun. So wow. goes to show goes to show how many people are really really keen to come to the Phoenix. And that that is the idea behind it is to try and get people through the gates and to enjoy it and hopefully get some first time uh, eyeballs into the into the sport and
0: and grow the sport. I personally didn't know they'd sold that many tickets already. I was just trying to build it up. So that's uh, very, very exciting times. Head to the Meadows uh, Facebook or to their website and contact the team there for more details regarding the Phoenix. Run of the week run of the week time and I'm going to go with Vanilla Bandit uh, was able to sweep across from box number 8 and get the job done last Vanilla week. Vanilla Bandit left well fast into stride, run, Beba, run and run Babber run first to the rail but gave Vanilla Bandit the ride over, Holy Smoke third on the first turn, the rest swing a bit wide, three lengths away, Osprey Athena to fourth, ahead of Millie Bale, Trinsalore and then Aston Marler and Poppy's Pride off the back, Vanilla Bandit the favourite lead out by three and a half on Holy Smoke running to third, Osprey Athena then run, Beba, run, Millie Bale Trends and all, But on the turn, it's Penella Bandit in front. Fave going great guns and Penella Bandit won it by three. Osprey Athena second, Holy Smoke third, fourth. Penella Bandit boy, wins it by and three and you know what I like about that? It was a punting education I think there, Smithy. Uh, you were all over Holy Smoke, I was all over the pink and the reason behind that was because we all thought Run Baba Run would lead and go to the rail and then create space. So it's not always about finding the fastest dog in the race, it's about finding the way the race is going to be ran and, and I think Credit to you, credit to me. I love patting myself on the back when I can because Bonella Bandit won, but your tip was 16-1 to 1 and ran a really good third.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things. You've you've just got to understand the tendencies of what greyhounds do out of the boxes because uh, it might be a dog is clearly the fastest dog in the race if you trial them one out. But if they get taken out of the race early, they lose five or six lengths, then they come back to the field pretty quick and they've got to do it from behind, which they might not be used to. So things like that, the speed maps and, and the first split, uh, what the Greyhounds do in those sorts of things is is basically what I've focused 90% of my punting on.
0: Friday's preview. I've tried that one off the cuff again, Smithy. Uh, Friday night preview, mate. Uh, I should just make a stinger now because there's three of them uh, in succession, uh, looking forward to them going back to Saturday so I can just play my normal little buttons that I, uh, I locked in a long time ago. But uh, all about finding winners, 12 races. Look, let's be honest. Let, let's make a pass, Mark. Oh, I'd say three winners. It's that type of meeting. And you know what I'm loving? The clash of race number one. Incinerator v. Incineration. <laughs> what are the chances of them coming to town and drawing side by side?
1: And as soon as I opened up, as, as the field's come out, I, I always try and watch them out here at the Meadows, and I, I saw them next to each other, and I, I did a bit of a double take. Even their trainers' names both start with A. It was just, it just confused me very much. But, uh, yeah, Incinerator versus Incineration. Uh, I'm actually with the four, though. Zoe Bale. I think this girl is an absolute rocket. She went, I think, 1766 or something like that down mm. the back. Uh, A couple of starts go here at the Meadows. She obviously got beaten by
0: incineration
1: last start, but uh, at Warrnambool, I think back to the Meadows, 29.90 PB. I think she's got plenty of upside.
0: Incinerator, incineration, both born in September of 2020 as well. Just adds a little bit uh, a little bit more to the story, I feel. But I'm uh, with Zoe Bale as well. Uh, I check pronunciation. I know Deb Coleman believes it's just Zoe Bale, but I feel like it's Zoe like that. You have got to say it with a sort of a you know a little bit of a, a twang to it, I suppose. But I'm uh, with her as well, mate. Like you said, that Top Gun night win in the last race was great. Not so great for me because I thought Aston Suzette was my best value better than night that night at about ten to one. But Zoe Bale didn't stop. Uh, went to ornamental last. So I miss the kick, doesn't normally miss the kick. So back to town, I think will be hard to beat. Race two, sports bet, bet with mates. The second event over the 5.25. I'm hoping to chase up a couple of the boys from the the old podcast. Uh, I think we spoke about this over the last few weeks, the non-chasers podcast. I ran into Kenny, the Irishman, again at uh, Sandown. So I'm just sort of building that, uh, building that bond, that friendship, so I can get him on for free. Uh, but I'll definitely try and get Kenny the Irishman on and and maybe even uh, Shagger as well because I think he's just an impressive human being. So uh, stay tuned for that. That might be the Melbourne Cup edition, I reckon. But uh, race two, mate, who wins this? Uh, I'm with the two. Unacceptable,
1: Jan. I thought last start was pretty impressive. 5-12 and then 30 and 15 overall. And I think if uh, if she can kind of post those sorts of splits and times again, I think she'd be hard to beat
0: from the inside. I think it's a hard race, um, as are a lot of the races for this Saturday night, or I should say Friday night. I've done what you've done, Smithy. Uh, fallen into the, the same trap. They've got me by the legs. Um, look, I'm going to go with number one, Hippogriff. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where this blue son of Bernardo is going to get to early, but I thought he handled himself pretty well from box eight last time. And whether or not he really can beat the big guns, we'll have to wait and see. But value are plenty. might be more of a place bet than a win bet. Race number three, 600 metres. Who wins this one? Uh, I'm going to stick with Soda Extra
1: we, we spoke about my theory on her last week, uh, but she didn't get the job done. She ran sixth. But I think this is an even easier race, so I'm going to stick with Soda Extreme. I think she's got the most talent in this race, but uh, not a confident one.
0: Just going to have a look quickly at the replay as we chat here about Soda Extreme, because as we said, five starts ago, went 5.09 um, at Sandown Park to the first corner, which you would think stepping up to 600 metres, uh, she'd just lead and lead for fun, but... Uh, her last four runs, she, she just hasn't begun like she did when she had the cherry that time at Sandown Park, and Having a look at that replay, she, she just missed mistimed the start again over the 600 metres like she had the last few. So whether or not that 509 was a bit of a fluke, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to go Midnight Rocker number five. I just think this greyhound's been crying out for this type of distance range. Uh, he beat a, a, an ordinary field, I think you could say it, Bendigo. Not, no disrespect to the rivals, but when he gets a clean run like that, he was just simply better than them, and that was over 500. Since then, he's been storming home with no luck. So I'm going to go the yellow on the each way. Race number four. Thought this might just about be my best bet of the night, my Neo. Um, He is just a ballistic railer, drawn perfectly. He's won 50% of his races. So I'm willing to mark him best bet of the night. He just has to sit underneath the blue early and, and just go through that first corner. And then if he holds out Storm Stroller, I think he wins.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly with you. I think Mynah absolutely adores this draw. I think he can uh, get a nice little run, and and should be too good for this field if if he's as good as I think he is. But his winning strike rate is, I think he's won 50% of his races, and I think he'll uh, he'll improve that this week.
0: Race five, 7:30. A few of these will not run the 700. Uh, I don't think Flying Ocean will. Um, Sunisa Bale's going to struggle to really finish off over the 700. And, uh, and then you've got Town Rocker as well, who just to me doesn't doesn't look as if he's going to make the 730 metres. Smouldering Decay's another who uh, I'd be surprised if he was able, she was able to power home at the end of 700. So Bexman Ali's the one, I think, that just jumps off the form guide here. Uh, just has to do what uh, she did four starts ago, winning at the Meadows. Um, drawn perfectly, proven stayer of the field. I think that uh, that she'll get the job done. Number two, though, Adalong's an interesting runner. This one went up to Wagga for the uh, the marathon race over the 7.60. I thought it was was great to have that marathon race on. It was $10,000 to the winner, and if anything, she was taking ground off Stagger Outley in the last 100 metres. So she's dour. She's got form at her last two starts in two different states. This will be three different states in three runs, and I think she's a bit of a smoky even to run in the top three or four. Yeah,
1: I reckon you've summed it up pretty well there. Bexman Alley is the one I want to be with. Uh, not, not necessarily the sort of greyhound that I, I usually like to back Bexman Alley, but as you said, the few of them have question marks over the distance. And I'll tell you what, there's not too often that I'm doing form and I see a 760-metre race at Wagga. No. And uh, Adelong, I, I thought, out of interest, I was like, what is the track record? It actually broke the track record running second did. at at Wagga, but uh, I don't think they really run over that journey all that often. So. I couldn't tell
0: you, mate. I couldn't tell you when the last time I saw a 760-metre race at Wagga, let alone anywhere in Australia. I, I know they've got the silver collar um, in New Zealand, which I think is 770-odd metres. Uh, we ran third in that a few years ago with a dog called Van de Gambo, but I don't think nowadays, I think 732 at it, it Angle Park, or what it used to be, 732 used to be the longest I can recall.
1: Yeah, I, I, I honestly I don't think I've ever seen a 760 meter race at Wagga and I don't think I've seen any further <laughs> in my time other than the the silver collar. I think it's 779 meters. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one, and it's an interesting form line to try and uh, put put your pen through.
0: I like the <laughs> uh, the marathons. I think if they're trained the right way, certain dogs are just dead set marathon dogs. So. I think, uh, obviously, with animal welfare, it's cautious not to bring back the complete marathon of the 958, but in saying that, greyhounds like Classic Rush many, many moons ago were just dead-set marathon dogs, and, and that's that's how they sort of rose to the top, I suppose. But uh, I, I think there's there's a place for long racing as long as they're trained the right way, and you don't want to see greyhounds that are having a campaign, let's say, over four and 500 metres, just be thrown into a, an 800-metre race effectively. it's It's a little bit... I think it comes down to the preparation and making sure those greyhounds are 100% ready to run the journey and and nice and fit. And and away they go. Race number six. uh, Who wins this one? Smithy over the 525.
1: I'm appreciating you throwing to me first. Uh, Just just kicking me out. I don't like the the card. (laughs) this is another this is another another tough one've uh, i've got americano miss on top again but i'm I'm literally holding on to old form here I think if she if she can get back to her best she did break thirty seconds four starts ago and that, that should win this she seems to handle the wide draws pretty nicely and uh, chased home Kasiah last week, which
0: is good form but again very tough one I would tip the red good chat Wispy. two dollar fifty favorite but those two runs at Hillsville just not very good at all. Um, But five starts ago, last run at the Meadows, went 5-12-30 dead. I think if it runs that, it wins. If it doesn't run that... I'm going to go with four cash it in. I just think the, the Greyhound's got the best form lines in the race behind Zohar Bale, uh, Scott Floor, Plan Ahead, Grace in Shock and Fred Rose in the last five. And uh, Freddie Rose, a bit green on the post at Sandown the other day, but almost won a Pro you to the Melbourne Cup. So form lines, I think, are OK. I'm pretty sure it was a Pro anyway, but um, I'm going to go with cash it in number four on the each way, just needing a little bit of luck as well in that race. Race number seven, uh, do you want me to tip this one first, Smithy, or have you got one for me?
1: Yeah, I reckon you can take this one first, but it's, uh, yeah, another one. Rufus Scrimge, though, I reckon, number one. He's my on-top selection, but he's a hard one to follow. He's got plenty of ability, does seem to enjoy this draw, but it's uh, I'm tipping a lot of dogs that I'd, I'd kind of put the line through and didn't want to punt on ever again, and Rufus Scrimge is one of those. His, his racing pattern is, uh, is not
0: favourable but he looks very hard to beat in this one. As our mate Michi Abaya from Sportsbet, I think has said a few times on SEN Track, he puts certain dogs in the bin and just doesn't tip them again. Uh, <laughs> that might be, uh, might be one of those. But I love the way you said you'll leave it to me to give the tip and then you just blaze away and go with well, what you're just, going I with. I
1: just knew you would uh, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't come through with a good self no. bugger and I'll just
0: put it put the
1: put the show on my back and we'll
0: keep moving. Don't uh <laughs> don't pin me down, mate, for the one time I didn't give a tip in a race. I can feel you you're reminiscing on that. Uh, race seven on with number eight Bell I, oh, this this is one of those dogs that I've almost put in the bin. Um it so many times we uh, we continued to to sort of follow him and I've always thought six hundred meters would, would be where he does his best racing so Uh, If I was right, he would probably go very close to winning this. And fourth in a heat of the Group 1 over 600 two starts ago probably does signify that that is his right distance range. Race number eight, do you want me to go first in this one? Yep, sure, no worries, Smithy. I'm with number two, Tobin Frost. I've been tipping him every single week. Uh, His run was good behind Great Guy last week, and I think he can win this.
1: Yeah, I think he can too. I think he maps pretty well. The six, the seven and the eight all show a fair bit of pace and the six will want to get across to the rail. The five's the best dog in the race for mine. Great guy, uh, but this is a really sticky map. So I'm happy to play Tobin Frost each way.
0: Race nine, uh, can you tell me a little bit about this Aglin Luai, the uh, the runner from uh, from Orange, given that uh, the trainer can get out of Orange? I think they're going through a, a bit of a flash flood event at the moment. So fingers crossed there. Our thoughts are with those people in those areas at the moment. But uh, Aglin... Aglan Luai uh, trialled at the Meadows, no luck last week, obviously having a bit of a campaign here to then have a go at the uh, the Silver Chief. Would you say that's the plan there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think they did contemplate going to the Melbourne Cup, but I think they've uh, lowered their eyes somewhat and gone for the Silver Chief. Uh, yeah, Like you said, he, he was very unlucky last week. He, he had box eight. I think he draws a lot better here. Um, I'm going to tip him on top. I'm going to give him another chance, but he does have to avoid some of these dogs like a, like a Gypsy Yankee in Five, who will want to come across. Um, but yeah, I think he's a he's a good he's a good dog. He's obviously a million dollar chase finalist. They're preparing him for a Meadows campaign a Silver Chase, so I think he should be winning this one.
0: I think he's a genuine chance. Uh, number eight, Delmo Bale, also is one who I think is is going really really well for Rob Camilleri, winner of the last two on the provincials, and. 27.83 at the Meadows last time off a of 6.50. Uh, if, if he can re- reproduce that, I think he'll be hard to beat, but I probably would prefer an inside draw going the 8, but uh, close watch on the 3, knowing that they're going for a Group 1 series. Race number 10, mate. Who wins this? Uh, I've got the 3 leading Ava Blazer. If she can get back
1: to her best that we saw a few months ago, I think she leads this one and wins it.
0: I've got a theory. Number two's absolutely flying at the moment, factory flyer. um, But I just don't think the end of 500 will be the go for factory flyer. So I'm going to position up and have a look at the form and say it's a backmarker's race. That was my theory, and I'm going with value of number seven, Zipping Crusader. I just thought the one, two, they've all got early speed. I can see why you're with the three, just getting a nice run at them early. But if they do happen to pack up, the seven can run well each way. Race 11. 5.25, Five twenty-five. The Phoenix dot Melbourne is the eleventh event. There's no need for a dot com when it comes to the Phoenix, mate. Who wins the eleventh?
1: Uh, tough race. I'm going to go with Master Avenger. We obviously, got beaten by the massive talent that is Big Opal Rocks last start at Horsham. I thought the run was pretty impressive from box eight. I don't think it's too much of an issue here. Box four just need to avoid the five early. Who uh, don't know if it's seen the track or not. But uh, happy to be with the four Master Avenger on top.
0: Did you see Big Opal Rocks next start at Geelong?
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, I, I don't know if he if pulled up sore or, or what it was, but um, there there is definitely uh, an A game and a issues. yeah, an A game and a B game when it comes to Big Opal Rocks, which is such a pity because honestly, for pure speed and talent, like he, I spoke to Mario Briganti not that long ago, and and he trialled the dog. I think it was at Sandown, sort of the first two or three sections of a seven hundred meter trial, and. I'm telling you now, it's as quick as they go. And if he if he if he kept his mind on the job and he did everything right, that dog stayed sound. He he could be a Group One 700 meter dog. So, fingers crossed, uh, the team can get him up and going. Almost a race I don't want to tip on, to be honest. Um, it's that type of race. I'm going to lean with you on top of number four just because of the fact he's been beginning well. Um, and I think if he can go to the front early, that might be half the uh, the challenge in a very hard race. And race twelve. Let's wrap up the preview. Uh, oh, again, I. I don't know what to do here, Smithy. I really don't know what to do in the last. Now,
1: I'm relatively keen on the two Gary stun on, but it is a dog that, as I mentioned before, a lot of the my punting and tipping that I do, I try and find leaders. This dog won't lead Gary stun on. If he does lead, it's all over. He's too strong for them. I just, I'm a little bit worried about where he gets to, which probably tempers my expectations a little bit, but I think he's the best dog in this race. He's definitely the strongest. If he can lob just in behind the leaders, he'll be running them down. So I'm happy to be with two. Gary Stun on. I do have a bit of a soft spot for him, but uh, yeah, I think he'll be running on really nicely.
0: I've literally got no idea who I should be tipping in this race. Uh, it's, it's so close for me to just leave the race alone, but then I thought, no, you'll jump down my throat, Smithy, so I'll go the one's Island Bale, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, next to no confidence, but sometimes when you've got no confidence, that's the time they uh, they come out and win. So uh, fourth last time, Box 8 goes from Box 8 to Box 1. That's a, a big difference. And then last time he had the ready, he went twenty nine sixty five defeating People Get Ready at Sale. I think if People Get Ready was in this. Uh, he would be a... Punters, punting club. Punters, punting club time, Smith Doggy Dog. Have you got one for me, mate? I know I've said that a few times. I'm going to call this podcast, this edition, the... What have you got for me, Smithy. <laughs> 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 I'm, uh, I'm going to
1: split up my fifty dollars spend. I'm going to have twenty five the win on race one, number four, Zoe Bale or Zoe, Zoe, or however you yeah. said it. Yep. uh I, have, I, have, I think the form lines are pretty good. I think back to the meadows is where she wants to be. I think she can uh, pour the pressure on throughout, and be too good for them. And I'm going to put my other twenty five dollars on race four, number one. So just reversing the numbers. So if you uh, if you miss, if you just muck it up, one and four, four and one, I'm backing both of them, so it doesn't really matter. Four and one, my Neo, I think it comes up with the perfect draw, 25 the win on him as well.
0: Beautifully done. Uh, I'm going to have three bets this week. Uh, I know the rules are two, but I'm going to have uh, $10 each way on race three, number five, Midnight Rocker. Uh, race four, number one, my Neo. I'm going to have $15 a win. And race five, number one, Bex Manelli, $15 a win. Had a, a partner the other day actually say to me on track, you can do these all-ups where you only need doubles or something like that to come in. So um, two out of the three. And if you get three out of the three, you obviously make more. So that would be the, the bet choice that I'd go with. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, Smithy, but it's a multi where you, uh, you go doubles and trebles, I think it's called. So uh, if you know how to do that, uh, that'd be my advice for uh, this Friday night. It's not going to be easy, though, Smithy. It is not going to be easy.
1: So, so two out of the three win. You uh, you take the missus out for dinner. Three out of three win. You you take her on a trip. Is that
0: is that where you kind of? Well, probably not with a fifty dollar hoping- outlay. Smithy Campbell, responsibly. <laughs> uh, she'd she like something a little bit nicer for a trip away. I reckon the uh, the old better half. But uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> Inside info. Time where we get the inside info from a key player at the Meadows on Friday night. And we've been uh, pretty lucky, I feel, to be joined on the line by a trainer who is in very, very good form with her partner, Andrew Paraskevas. Of course, speak of Jessica Schill, and she's on the line rearing to go. Jess, how are you travelling?
2: Good, thanks, guys. How
0: are you, James? I'm good. Literally, I said, how are you travelling? Because you're heading down to Inverloch for the day, a bit of a day away from the dogs. I am. I've got the
2: day off today. I'm going down to... Uh Hopefully, see my mum when she finishes work. <laughs> oh, well,
0: that's uh, that's working out nicely. Uh, a little bit like the kennel, they're uh, they're going very very well. I saw you up at Hillsville last week, honouring the puppy championship. So, you and Andrew, you've got a very very nice team of young dogs coming through.
2: We do at the moment. Um, it's it's been a, a long time coming, um, but no, the Bernados and the uh, and the Zamboras are um, yeah they've. They're doing really well. I'm very proud of all of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks like a litter that's very, very deep. Did they? Did they show a lot of ability from straight, or like straight away? Were they? Were they showing the ability that they are now from an early age?
2: Look, the Zamboras broke in really well. Um, probably there was ten of them, um, and probably half of them were like we knew they were going to be good. Uh, we didn't know how good, of course, but. Um, no, they, yeah, they um they broke in really well,
0: and they've gone on with it as well, which is what which is the the key, I guess. New Wave Wine is the greyhound that we want to discuss on this podcast. Drawn race one number six at the Meadows Ooh. on Friday night. Uh, obviously, the draw is a bit of a challenge, but his wins up at Horsham have been very very good and time wise. They don't go much faster.
2: No, that's it. That's it. Unfortunately, yeah, box six isn't the best box for him, um, and he's not a. He's not an early – he doesn't have early speed, but he's very strong. That's what we're finding in a lot of our tamboras, uh, the dogs. They're, they're very strong. Um, so hopefully he can he can bring it home.
0: Well, I'm going to put some pressure on you because uh, there are plenty of good dogs in the kennel at the moment. Is there one or two that we should just drop into the watchdog black book and keep an eye on moving forward?
2: Um, well – new wave wine his kennel name is Zach he's my boy um, he's a little bit behind the rest of the litter because we had so many pups he he we pre-trained him a lot later on so he's behind like your color room and the Harlem he's he's weeks behind them yet he's showing uh, promise like he's he's up there with them already so I think he's definitely one to watch and of course your color room he's In heats it down um, tomorrow night on Thursday. And he's just, yeah, another one. Very strong.
0: Well, there's no doubt things are looking up for the kennel. Thanks for coming on the pod and uh, enjoy the day off. Thanks, James. And that's it. The Green Light On Premier Racing podcast done and dusted for Friday night at the Meadows. Stay tuned for the big one. Uh, I've been told it's the biggest night of greyhound racing for the year, Melbourne Cup Heat night with the bold trees. Hopefully 12 races, 12 Group 1 heats. It's going to be a massive night. Big podcast coming up. Until then, safe traveling. Happy putting.